said Chris Uchi to the Dickwick boys. Do you queer what I queer? Come keep the Yuletide gay and tune in for more. Oh, yeah. Hey, how are you? Hey, I'm good. How are you? Happy um, Tuesday. Happy Tuesday Monday, to you. Whatever day this is. We're recording on Monday, but happy Tuesday to our listeners. Yeah. Uh, Tom, what's up? Hey. Hey. Um, so, yeah, I just uh, thank you for everyone for listening. This is Do You Queer? What I Queer. And that's Elliot. Elliot and that's. And that's t- and I'm Tom. Wow! Wait, that was nonsensical. This is slap dappy. Uh, it's Monday night. We're we're coming <laughs> to you hot off the press. Hot off the press. Uh, episode forty-eight. Forty-eight. Very. That is yeah. A lot. It's a lot. Two away from fifty, and two away from our live show. Yeah. So November nineteenth, we really hope to see everyone there. Yeah. We're gonna celebrate all the amazing people who have made this podcast what it is, and we're also gonna unfortunately have a gender reveal for Pamela's baby. She's making us do it. We don't want to. Listen, everyone, Pamela's not listening, but we're going to smash the gender binary that night. Yeah. She, she won't see it coming. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to... She'll be pissed. She'll be pissed. But so, like, wh- what's going to happen? We need some buffers. going to, like, set us on fire or something. I honestly feel like if Pamela got upset, like, the room would just start shaking, like, in The Exorcist. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Oh, I'm turned on? Question mark? <laughs> I love when inanimate things are possessed. Ugh, you're, you always get turned on by everything. Ugh, listen, Thomas. Look... I guess that's how we started our friendship, actually, is like mutual... Arousal. Arousal of weird things. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, definitely started with people. Uh, didn't end there. Yeah. So. No, it didn't. It did not. It did not. Um, I I said I was good, but that's a bit of a overstatement. Uh, yeah. So we just came off the... Hot off the press, you already said that, of uh, our recording with our amazing guest... This week, Chris Ujiuchi. Yeah. Um, so stay tuned for that. It's a great segment. I'm excited for everyone to hear it. Yeah. Um, he's a blast. Um, tonight, though. So that's good. Yeah. That's tonight, amazing. though. We're all kind of in a, a haze. Yep. Um, it's dark. Yep. Outside. There's daylight sirens. savings time is a stupid patriarchal thing. Is it? I don't know. <laughs> Let's go with it. Um, and, you know, we've all had, you know, the world is a fucking. Mm hmm. Hellscape, mm-hmm. and we're living in it. So, mm-hmm. I guess we all just need to continue to be honest about how we're feeling in the hellscape. Yes. Um, on Friday, uh, Dickwick, uh, sorry, Elliot and I and a few uh, friends went t- to protest um, the monk debates at Roy Thompson Hall. Yep. Steve Bannon was one of the speakers who was paid to go. Um, I think we set this up last we week. Did, right? We did, yeah, and debate yeah. from. Um, um, so, it was. Uh, it was an odd experience. Uh, yeah. Caveat going into this, we're about to talk about our experience of this. Yeah. But that's not to make this about us. It no. was just, it's the night to a certain extent was pretty cut and dry. It was the monk, the monk school. Is it? Is that what it is? I don't know. It was monk inviting a fascist to speak. And it was people saying, no, there is no room for fascists. So yeah. at the end of the day, like, the protest needed to happen. Um, yes. Smash racism. No no room for fascists. No hate in Toronto or the world. Yeah. And my... There are numerous reasons to go. Uh, I got a lot of backlash on social media and 
also personally saying mm-hmm. that I should not go because um, it's standing in the way of free speech and silencing the Nazis only makes them stronger, I guess, was the argument. Mm-hmm. Which, okay, but like, is that the hill you're going to die on? Sure. Yeah, right. Um, and w- w- uh, most importantly, well, so a good friend of the podcast and a very good friend of mine, Sarah, who lives in Chicago, uh, asked me to go. Yeah. So she's Jewish. She's scared. I, so that's it. Yeah. That's sort of my bottom line. Yeah. I'm going to do what she wanted me to do. That's not to say that's the reason I went, but yeah, no, I, at the I end of the you. day, like I, I had to, it was like, it's, it was, it was a week after tree of life yeah. massacre. So it, it, it couldn't have been, I don't know. It couldn't have seemed closer to a, a terrifying future, if that makes sense. Uh, so um, it was the people who showed up, it was amazing. It was a, it was a great turnout of protesters. Uh, there was a lot of coalitions. Um, there was a lot of advocating for the safety of refugees. Um, no one is illegal. Yeah. And uh, yeah. Okay. So I, I will say though, I, some, I felt really weird during the protest. Mm-hmm. So it started off, uh, we joined the rally. There was, you know, a moment of silence for the victims of that uh, mm-hmm. tree of life shooting couple of interesting speakers um mm-hmm. lots of press lots of media mm-hmm. um they're bit like big decolonial um decolonial atmosphere as well yes totally and um so then the the march started which mm-hmm. is where things changed changed for sure so we marched down uh simcoe street yeah down yeah. the street where there was a line of ticket holders who were waiting to get in um and the crowd stopped and turned towards the ticket holders and everyone uh, proceeded to yell shame. Um, and then things just escalated from there. Mm. Uh, Tom and I had to had to leave, but I hear that afterwards um, the cops kettled people with horses, which is where they encircle you so you can't move. Um, people were pepper sprayed. Uh, the protesters had rushed the doors of the debate. Um, and yeah, and so I don't know. Uh, it was it was hard for, for me here here's the two things that I found hard about it and again I'm talking from a very personal yep. experience this is not subjective to I'm you. just here yep. I'm just here and I'm going to share my thoughts on it um, the people in the line to go see the debate mm-hmm. who had bought tickets mm-hmm. yes in a perfect world nobody would have fucking bought tickets mm-hmm. and this would have gone away but here they are. Are they the enemy in this? I don't know. I'm not sure about that. Mm-hmm. I think the real enemy is the organizers. Of and Bannon. And, ba- of course. and the people who invited Bannon. Yes. People who have the power. Um, and I mean, like, yes, of course, obviously, those people who are going to listen are supporting fascism. Literally supporting Literally financially. financially yeah. 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 So, so yes, they should feel ashamed. But I think what we're beating around, let's just say it, uh, Tom and I felt very, very conflicted when when the hatred of the crowd was directed towards the people in line um and it kind of shifted and like instead of instead of going up and like talking to these people or asking them what they were doing there or Mm -hmm. like i don't know like starting some sort of conversation Mm -hmm. we yelled and that's fine because yes fascists should be ashamed yes of course and i'm my mind is splitting in half because i think both sides of this thing so do i yeah but at the same time 
I, I watched their faces and I watched them take pictures of us and we were a spectacle and we yeah. were entertainment. We were like the prologue for their night of entertainment. Yeah, and like and I said this to Tom and had this confirmed based on someone who attended the the protest, but um or sorry, the debate I mean, but I honestly got the feeling that when we were yelling at the people in line, we were just building up the the affect in the theater of like necessity. Like this yeah. is why we need this. Like yeah. we became the icon for anti-free speech that the people attending wanted us to be. That's right. And I feel like we engaged in escalation escalation with fascists, which is so dangerous and scary. And I and I, I got really afraid. And like I, I don't know we're at a point where it's like you're gonna be on a right or wrong side of history and I don't know if what we did helped or if it hurt. And and I got I don't know I feel really weird. That's that's exactly how I feel about it too. It feels really muddy. I'm just I'm more confused than ever. Me too. And it, it's an ambivalent feeling. Like I actually I didn't really, to be honest, want to talk about this because I'm still afraid of putting out the wrong message. Like I don't yes. know. I do know that that fascist that that hate speech from fascists needs to be squashed. That is not free speech to let fascists speak. It's not yeah. free speech to let fascists have political ideology. Or invite them. Yeah. Correct. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yes. I'm sorry. I know that you didn't really want to talk about this. I'm happy that you did engage because like I, I'm thinking a lot of people are in the same muddied position yeah. mentally that yeah. we are. We saw a friend's heart break actually and it broke my heart when the yelling started and yeah, yeah it was strange. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, so I had been getting people who were criticizing my involvement at the protest. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had someone in my life attending the event. And uh, uh, it's, it's fucked up. She, um, decided, she had became emboldened, much like we were worried about, mm-hmm. by attending this event mm-hmm. to call me out on my hypocrisy on social media because you know I made some disparaging comments about straight people as a joke as a satire mm-hmm. and she said to me oh well, can you imagine if I said that about gay people and so I was like what what do you mean like mm-hmm. <laughs> straight people, people, people say that straight about people, people aren't oppressed like this is a false equivalency yeah like that this argument doesn't make sense it's not hypocrisy yeah it, it isn't Mm-mm. um and she was like I just feel like, you know, the event was great and uh, it emboldened me to speak up against hypocrisy. And now I'm like, oh, for fuck's sake. Like, I was just sick to my stomach about it all weekend. Yeah, I'm sorry. I, I like history and power are two things that should very much be taken into play when, when people are going to launch critiques, such as you being a hypocrite for saying that you don't want to hang out with straight people again. It was like literally an Ariana Grande meme. Like it was yeah. funny and stupid and like a gay thing. And yeah, uh, it's like, it's dangerous to equate those. It's things. so dangerous. And like you saying that about gay people, we've all seen that. I've seen that my whole life. We That's see right. that every day. We see it all around the world. No one gets to say that about straight people. We're it's satire. We're flipping the yeah. conversation. And Tom, you have a bunch of fucking straight people in your life. You're like, you yeah. were raised by straight people. Like yeah. it just doesn't, it just doesn't work that way like i know and so my worry now is that uh, that the event went on and people the takeaways from it were wrong were yeah misguided yeah and now they're like you know fighting with people about things that just don't matter as much as other things that do matter like 
stopping fascism. Like, it's yes. just like, yes. it's crazy. We're all on this carousel of like yes. weirdness. And so I want to say right now, so if you're listening and if you have an opinion on this, either which way or, or an opinion about opinions on this, I really, really would love to hear from you. Yeah. Yes. You I'm talking to you right now. Yeah. Um, take your phone out, email, do queer what I queer at gmail.com and let us know what your thoughts are on this. Let us know about, um, yeah, your thoughts on thank you because we did say this right from the beginning this podcast is sorry i'm crying always but this podcast is about growth and education and i feel like i need help now Mm -hmm. like me too i don't know what to do Uh, i I don't know what the right thing to do is i know and again i don't want to say like uh, the feelings that we felt at that protest we are situated in an axis of privilege as cis white men um and like to feel afraid for a second, um, that's our privilege that it was for a second. Absolutely. Because a lot of people, it's not for a second, and a, and a lot of people, and it's like, yes, obviously the rise of fascism affects everyone, but there are certain people, yeah. yes, gay people included, but like certain people who it's it's literally coming down on, literally targeting. There is a platform built upon certain identities. Um, I don't know. I'm going back to the surprise thing. I don't want. I don't want to act surprised or anything. Like it was no. just a scary moment yeah. and. For some people, the reality is scary. So that brings me back to being like, no, actually, maybe it was the right thing because fuck you, fascism. Like, at the end of the day, we went and we should have gone. Like, yes, that's just it. Like, I, it feels like we were playing into their hand. It also felt toothless, mm-hmm. but like, we had to go. Like, we mm-hmm. just did. Mm-hmm. No, you're right. I agree. I agree. I agree. I think that. This shouldn't be the end of the discussion, though. Yeah, absolutely. I think it needs to keep Please, going. Yes. Um, I would love if we could help in that discussion. Please talk to us. I, I want to hear from you. Um, so, yeah, if this is speaking to anyone right now, write in. Mm-hmm. We're doing a bit of a disservice to our fucking amazing guests by yes. being downers again. So yes. let's like bring it back on up. Um, do we have a way to talk? I feel like you had something else to talk about. That's a bummer. <laughs> <laughs> okay, no, let's let's stay down. Let's be honest. Tom, what's up? What's going on? <laughs> uh, um, I've just been feeling a lot of things about like addiction and loneliness and anxiety. I'm sorry for laughing. It's just you went <laughs> right in. I you know. went so in. Thanks for being honest. Uh, like, there's no, there's obviously everyone knows me. If you're listening to this podcast by now, like, I suffer from a lot of anxiety, and a lot of it is brought on by issues like this. Isn't it fun that I have a podcast? And um, <laughs> and uh, I don't know. I there's. I was listening to something in my car today and I was like, uh, oh, is, is my anxiety caused by my drinking problem or is my drinking problem caused my, by my anxiety? Mm-hmm. And I don't know where that line is anymore. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it's just like kind of getting a little bit more intense, mm-hmm. even though I will say um, like we had a, an event that happened a, a few months ago uh, an unfortunate night and you expressed concern to me after that to like change my behavior try to make a change on my on my um on my behavior and you showed drinking. through on that I, I i did i did and so this weekend i faltered a bit for a bunch of reasons mm-hmm. but it's not lost on me that this the, the timing of my falter yeah in like the like, world and in the world and like i know i have all the privilege in the world and i'm drowning mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it's 
just tough. I just wanted to say that because I, I'm sure other people are going through something similar and I'm not alone and I know that. And so I really appreciate you sharing. And I want to say to you and also to people, this affects like, I, I also like, I, I experience um, some of, some of the same things you do. And a lot of my actions and reactions are shame based and anxiety based. And like, as to your question as to which one causes the other one, it's there. It's both like it's co-constitutive. They both cause each other. Yeah. And so in this exact moment, this is the moment where you tell yourself that you love yourself as shitty as that sounds. And as stupid as that sounds, because the shame from a relapse moment is the most dangerous part and not the moment itself. And you can't let it turn into something else. And like, I'm here for you. Right. Our listeners are here for you. Jesse hopes that you go the other direction. <laughs> so fuck you, Jesse. But <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like it's, it's, you're allowed to have those moments and they don't need to mean anything more than a, than a simple reminder that you're on a path to something else. Yes. And let it remind you, but don't let it pull you back and tug at you because you're, you're amazing and you're doing so well and you've been doing so well. That's very nice and helpful. Thank you for saying that. And I mean it from like the deepest bottom of my heart. I really, really do. I know you do. Um, so anyone going through a tough time out there? Jesus. I'm so sorry, listeners. I swear this guy. Good thing we recorded the fun part. <laughs> it's going to get really good. Keep listening. Stay tuned on this Please show. stay tuned um, if we haven't lost you yet. <laughs> and, like, we're here to talk. We're, yeah. we're here to talk and we're here to listen. Um, we do a lot of talking, but we also want to do a lot of listening. So, so without further ado, take a listen to this segment with Chris Ujuchi. Chris... Hi, Chris. Hello. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. How are you feeling? I'm feeling in a color. Uh, oh, okay, yeah. Do you want to go in a color? Um, y- y- yeah. Okay. Sure. I love that you know. You knew it was coming. Yeah, you I, it. I have listened to the podcast. <laughs> that was not an accusation on my end. You I should all you. rate and subscribe. <laughs> so nice. Don't leave it to the end to tell them. <laughs> rate and subscribe. You're not the first person to tell us that. To the dickwick. Uh-huh. Um. My color today would be, I'm going to go with the purple glow of indigo, which is a song lyric from the not very well-known musical Barnum, but also just that purpley haze Mm -hmm. inside of indigo, very calm, not particularly feeling vivid Mm -hmm. today, but... But feeling good. Can I um, put you on the spot? Can you sing a little... Can you sing that lyric? The purple glow of indigo, the gleam of green and gold. It's a great song. Oh my nice. god, that, that song amazing. from Barnum. It's Thank called you. "The Colors of I've My Life." I've never it's heard a wonderful of this song. play before. What is Barnum? Barnum? Yeah, it's sort of like the old timey version of the Greatest Showman. Come to think of it, oh, it tells the story of P.T. Barnum. Mm. Oh, got it. Yeah, the it's Greatest Showman. Very, was. very old. What did you think of that movie? So I went to see it like as soon as it came out because of the video that circulated of Kiala Saddle singing This Is Me in the Rehearsal Hall. Did you see that? Oh, no. When they were trying to get the movie greenlit, Mm -hmm. they had an invited sort of reading Mm. rehearsal in New York. And there's a video, we should watch it after, of (laughs) Kiala Saddle, who plays the bearded lady in the movie, and is also a diva of the Broadway stage, singing that title song, This Is Me, live. Like... um, 
<clears throat> and she gets super emotional. She's so committed to the song and she gets super emotional. And at one point she goes over to Hugh Jackman and he's in tears. Whoa. And it's oh. like the most powerful thing. And there are all these other amazing people in the room. Cynthia Revo is in the room. Um, obviously, Benj Pasek and Justin Paul, who wrote the music. It, it, it was a dream. That that movie was a, or that, um, not the movie, the video mm. of that rehearsal was it. I had to go see the movie as soon as it came out, as soon as it came out, and it was okay. It was it was okay. I enjoyed it. Did you see it, Tom? Uh, yeah, I still yeah. haven't. I feel like I'm already very. I don't really know a whole lot what's going on right now. It's tricky for me. I don't know. I'm sure you're more of an expert than I am, Chris. But like, I want the songs to sort of move the story along mm. but every time that there was a new song in this movie the plot sort of stopped dead right. and it could have been just like a you know any ballad and so it really was had a clunky feeling for me mm. I think there were a couple of songs that did move the story forward the one where Hugh Jackman and Zac Efron are sort of negotiating okay. that one kind of moved the story forward but apart from that I, I agree it's I like the first sort of... one the for, anyway we're, we're getting off the t- John, what's your color? Uh, my co- okay, so my color today um, is uh, like a, a muted, dull teal. Mm. Like, sort of sad and lonely and like that, those kind of vibes. Mm. And it's interesting because I, I work with so many amazing women and one of them, Kim, said to me, Tom... I feel like this is your color today and like brought it up on the, oh her screen and showed me and I just like it's like yes that is correct and I'm very sad that that's my color I need more like description because muted teal to me still seems somewhat happy like the teal seems to overcome the, the mute no no it's not at all happy I guess it's way more gray than you're thinking okay it's um it, there's like a glimmer of something that used to be happy go oh god yeah wow so it's like it's even sadder than than just yeah. plain sadness <laughs> What a great way to start the show. I love it. When she said that that was your color, mm-hmm. did she listen to the podcast? Yes. Yeah, oh, okay. I meant to imply that. <laughs> Can you I imagine if she did it? It was just, just like, like, this is your color. Yeah. I feel as though this is your aura. But she today. and I speak in color language. Like, we always talk about colors of things all the time. Right. Anyway. I mean, you teach the arts. So yeah. that <laughs> seems to make sense. How about you? You faggot. Uh, I like to always be opposed from you, but this week I can't. Um, I'm also a muted color. I feel like, you know, when you see an ice cube that's been frozen for a long time and like the outside's clear but the inside's really like murky yeah like cloudy mm. like that's my color um and then eventually i just feel like i might melt away into nothing so that's where i'm coming so in we're really good week. at lifting our guests up. yes exactly exactly <laughs> we don't like to bring anyone down we're Thanks in very similar in. places right now yeah i feel I like so. we are yeah so let's all just live there together. Yeah, we're about honesty. We're about not pretending you're something that you're not. Right. So let's be our um, depressing ourselves. That sounds wonderful. I love it. Um, speaking of authentic selves, Chris. Yes. Why don't you tell our <laughs> listeners a little bit about who you are and what you do? Where to begin? At the beginning, maybe. Uh, December seventh, nineteen eighty-seven. December seventh, Mount Sinai Hospital on University Avenue, Toronto, Ontario. Oh, what moon were you born on? That's under? my ex's exact birthday to the day. What uh, year and everything? Yeah. No yeah. way. Weird. So that's a weird omen. But yeah. anyway, what I don't know omen? what to do with that information. I, I guess nothing except that it just lends itself to my glimmering teal. 
Anyway, here we are, December 7th, 87. Yeah. I was born. Um, that was 30 years ago. A bunch of stuff happened. I came out uh, when I was in the sixth grade. Oh, what? To Damn. my best friend at the time uh, from camp. His name was Steve. Can we just take a moment for camp friends? Oh. Just, oh. And it was, Thanks, it was uh, an arts camp, and the first time I really connected with other people who were musically minded uh-huh. and mm-hmm. and performers and dancers and musicians and all of that as well. So it was really the first, that first time you uh, meet the like-minded people. For some people, that's college. But for me, I was lucky because I got to go to this arts camp. What was the name of the camp? Uh, OELC. I went there. You did? <laughs> no way. Yeah. So I went to OELC and it was... Ontario Educational Leadership Center. Amazing. Uh-huh. And I met this guy. He was a dance major, uh-huh. but he was straight. And he was like the first straight boyfriend of Suge, kind of. Oh, yeah, yeah. I yeah. was trying to explain to Ellie about your straight boyfriend. I have a lot of straight guy friends. They call oh, themselves the straight boyfriends of Suge. Oh, there are, oh, my God. There are membership cards. <laughs> One of my straight boyfriends is a graphic designer, and so now there are actual Shut literal up. membership cards. I, can, I think I have one in my wallet. I, I can need show to you see later. this after. That's amazing. But... You don't actually have to be straight or a boy to be a straight boyfriend of Suze. There are plenty of people <laughs> who, you know, identify as female or as gay who have straight boyfriend cards in their wallets. So the it's most not. I assume club. our our queen of the podcast, Leah Canali, is a straight boyfriend. She yes, yeah. Leah uh, definitely has an Osbot card, official straight boyfriend of Suze <laughs> card. Oh. And can, uh, can you explain your your full name, which is why it's Suge, right? It's yeah, uh, Sujiuchi is right. my last name. I love your last name so T-S-U-J-I-U-C-H-I. much. T S U J I U C H I, Sujiuchi. Sujiuchi. Yeah. Now our listeners have something else to aspire to. I'm thinking, what if we went to that camp at the same time? Maybe I was there. Maybe. Although you might have remembered me because I got the solo on the last day with the choir sang. I sang the solo in Bridge Over Troubled Water. I. Don't remember that, but that doesn't Wait, mean that. Can it you give us around. a little taste? Can yeah, you give yeah, our yeah. listeners a little oh, taste? Yes. When you're weary, feeling small, when tears are in your eyes, I will dry them all. That was the whole solo. That was what I did. Oh, and then the choir sang the rest. That's that amazing. Vaguely familiar to me. Okay, so this straight anyway, boyfriend sorry. helped you realize that you could be honest with, with another person? Is yes. That, okay. Well, around grade six, do you know when you, you're growing up and you start talking on the phone? Yes. So Steve was the person that I talked on the phone to. Oh. Right? And, you know, we met at camp, but I lived in Toronto. Well, Etobicoke. And he lived in New Hamburg, Ontario, equidist- like halfway between Stratford and Kitchener. Mm. And so we would talk on the phone every night. Aww. Not every night. But almost every night. And I would remember, like, sometimes I would call him at 8, but sometimes I would call him at 9.30 because he would have karate. And he would, like, get home from karate at 9.30. And we would talk all the time. And I went to visit him uh, in the summer between grade 6 and grade 7. And I came out to him. Wow. Yeah. What was did, he, his... did he respond well? Oh, he was so great about it. Yeah. yeah. Do you uh, stay in contact with Steve? I lost touch with him, but recently reconnected with him. Oh. We stopped. We we lost touch for about a decade, and then a, a mutual friend brought us back together. So yeah, he oh, lives in Toronto really now. Sweet, what a yeah. nice story. Is a membership card in the cards for him? 
Or he definitely got a membership card. Yeah, like he's the original member. That's true. The founding he father. Is. Founding member. He founding is father. patient zero. <laughs> <laughs> that one's the best one. Oh my god. Okay, well, tell our listeners a bit about what you do now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I am a cabaret performer, a piano player, a music director of musicals, uh, a vocal teacher. That's pretty much it. Jack of all trades. That's just, yeah. that's it. I basically <laughs> play piano and sing all day in various different iterations and get paid for it. It's the dream. Yeah. I work at a private studio teaching one-on-one voice lessons uh, called Big Voice Studio near Broadview and Danforth. Um, I teach at home. Wow. I play at Statler's. I know you've I was been just to gonna, Statler's. Our listeners have probably heard you there. Yeah. I play and sing at Statler's a lot. Uh, right now, I'm music directing a production of Nine to Five at Randolph Academy for the Performing Arts. That's so so that's kind of a full time job. I am there from nine to five, Monday through Friday, in rehearsals Meta. for mm-hmm. a big gay Dolly Parton musical extravaganza. What are the dates of that at Randolph? N- mm, the last week of November. Oh, okay. so soon. Cool. Yeah. We open the last week of November and we close. December 1st. It's just like a week. Wow. Yeah. Oh, that's so exciting. It is. Can our listeners reach out if they need vocal training from you? Yes. Plug your business here. They can, they can message me on Twitter or Instagram or find me on the Facebook. Amazing. We can link your handles to our Instagram. So everyone can just go over there and check out Dickwick. Good idea, Elliot. Listen, I'm all about linking up things. (laughs) And, And yeah, I was, and then you have something bigger after that, right? And then or a very crysterical Christmas cabaret, the tenth anniversary edition. Tenth anniversary? Yes. Whoa. The tenth anniversary, Tom. Damn wow. it. That's ten. <laughs> it is That's ten. A decade yeah. of yeah. crysterical Christmases. Yes. Is it always called the Crysterical Christmas? It's always called a very crysterical Christmas oh, cabaret. I love that. Hashtag you... ABCCC. <laughs> <laughs> what goes on? What can one expect from a hysterical Christmas? Oh, yes. I, uh, Leah Canale. Okay. Uh-huh. Reason the enough. sweet and dulcet uh-huh. tones of Leah Canale. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Also, you, you may remember her from the beginning of the Dickwick pod, podcast. Yeah. But not uh, this one. Kevin Wong and Colin Asuncion, who, when the three of us come together, are also known as Asian Riffing Trio. Oh, my mm-hmm. God. Mm-hmm. Uh, I tap dance. I sing Dick in a Box. I make it snow inside. I talk to the audience. I wear a red onesie. It's a, it's a lot of things. A lot of really, really wonderful things. What doesn't happen there is my question. That sounds so exciting. <laughs> well, we have we must go. Yeah, that's very thrilling. You'll laugh and you'll cry. And our listeners you'll... must go. Listen, right now, if you're looking for a nice Christmas-themed event, even Pamela's fucking in the spirit today. Pamela is in the spirit, yeah. Do the listeners know about Pamela? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. They're yeah. very aware. Yeah. Unfortunately, um, yeah. she's a specter over, over their lives and ours. Um, sorry, can you say the dates for, for that and where it is? December 14th, 15th, and 16th in Toronto at the Jane Mallet Theatre, and December 20th and 21st at the historic Gaiety Theatre in downtown Collingwood, Ontario. You have yes. to stop. Theatre Collingwood. Gaiety? Theater, Theater Collingwood, Collingwood bought the Christmas Cabaret no. and are putting me up at 
a theater called the Historic Gaiety Theater. No, this is... Listen. This is historically gay. On your Ontario <laughs> street in downtown Collingwood, it's... I, it's that's the so best. Cool. It's that's the so best cool. thing ever. Congratulations. Fucking, yeah, congratulations. Thank you. That's a huge thing. That's so exciting. So what was the inciting show? Like like how did you get this idea? So the first Christmas cabaret was the December of my final year at Sheridan College. So I went to Sheridan College for musical theater performance <laughs> and I decided to do a Christmas cabaret. By the time I got to my final year at Sheridan, I started to realize that just being a performer and doing nothing else was not going to be a financially stable choice. Right. Yeah, story of my life. Not yeah. for lack of talent, but for lack of parts for me specifically. I'm a very specific type. I don't know exactly what that type is, but <laughs> there are not a lot of musicals written with giant gay Asian characters. You In fact, there are age. none. <laughs> That's fucked. So, oh. so most musicals written pre-1970 sort of center around, you know, a cisgendered white male and a cisgendered white female, and the two of them sort of fall in love, you and that's say. how it works. They fall in love? <laughs> Clutch my pearls. Radical. Uh, and even the secondary characters surrounding them are not, usually not Asian, typically not Asian. Mm-hmm. And unless they're stereotypically unless Asian. Unless they're stereotypically yes. Asian, <laughs> in the case of shows like Anything Goes yeah. and things like that. So as I reached the end of my post-secondary career, I started to think maybe... I should start looking at other things that are still in the arts, but Mm -hmm. adjacent to performing, which is how I became a music director. But also, in an attempt to sort of scratch that itch, that Mm -hmm. performer's itch, I found Cabaret. So the first Christmas Cabaret was me, two of my two special guests, a drummer and a keyboard player. And it was at this teeny tiny black box theater in Kensington that doesn't exist anymore in the back of a bar called Bread and Circus. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah do you remember yeah. it? Yeah, yeah, I yeah. Before, no, yeah. So that was my first Christmas cabaret. And 11 people came, including my special guests. And that was the very first one. Fuck. That is the dearest story I've yeah. ever that heard. Is, wow. How does it feel like to look back on that and then see where you are now in fucking gaiety, historic gaiety? Well, I experienced a significant jump the second year. Oh, okay. The second year, I did it at Buddy's, mm. and I did it not as close to Christmas. The first year, it was like on December 23rd or something right. like uh-huh. that, right, right, right. which uh-huh. was part of the reason why so few people came. Yeah. The next year, I did it closer to my birthday, mm. which is December, December 7th. 7th. <laughs> and, uh, and it wasn't sold out, but it, it was full. At Buddies, mm-hmm. um, I had already and done this in the nineties. For our listeners who don't, yeah, know. yeah, like it, Buddies and Bad Times Theater is the largest queer theater in North America. I did not know that. And it happens that. to be in Toronto, Ontario. Like we're really, really lucky to have. Yeah, we it. could spit on it from here too. Yeah, that um, seems violent. <laughs> no, yeah, just, please, yeah, that's not. Please what I was don't. If anyone's near it, don't spit on it. <laughs> just for fun. It's a saying. I know. God I'm, damn just it, kidding, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Jesus. Um, I want to know, like, so. Seeing, did I scoop a question from you? Go ahead. I'll I'll wait on mine. Seeing this lack of representation in musicals, does that make you want to write your own musical or does that make you want to like change the game? And I mean, you're obviously doing a lot, like people are coming to see you, you know what I mean? But like, I don't know. Does it incite anything in you or? As far as writing a musical, I think my answer is yes. If I were a musical writer. Right. Or if I 
was passionate about writing music and lyrics. I see, yeah, yeah. Um, Kevin Wong, who sings an Asian riffing trio, quit his job as a lawyer, mm. a practicing lawyer, to become a composer lyricist. Holy he shit. He has an amazing story, up. and you should have him on the podcast for If sure. you're listening, this is a shout out to you. <laughs> Kevin Wong, we love you. Um, I thought Kevin Wong was straight. Kevin Wong has a husband, a very, very handsome husband named Nicholas. I don't know why I thought he was straight. Sorry, Kevin. Gay erasure. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, that's fair. I think in my mind, like I'm not very, um, Tom's going to be shocked, musically talented or inclined. So anyone with like your guys' vague ability in my mind, I'm like, oh, you can do the whole thing. You can choreograph it. You can Uh write it. Do you know what I mean? Like, I just don't know. And that is somewhat true in that like I speak the language of music and understand the structure of a song and how it works. And I have been hired in the past to write Mm -hmm. songs for musicals, Mm -hmm. songs for friends, etc. It's not something that I'm passionate about. Right. Right. That's what it is. I see. I don't experience any sort of catharsis when I write music and lyrics for a song Mm -hmm. in the way that Kevin Wong does. Uh, So I think my way of putting representation out there Mm -hmm. is by doing these cabarets. Right. And being as front and center and visible as humanly possible in the context of a cabaret. Big gay cabaret. Fucking beautiful. I I borrow songs from other artists. I rearrange them. Mm -hmm. I rearrange the music to suit the story that I am trying to tell. But ultimately, these are songs that I never in a million years could have written. They're so well written. Mm. And I've just sort of repurposed them for myself. That's so exciting. Curated yeah. them. Curated. If you Tom, will. have you exactly. seen it before? Uh-uh, no. I almost went last year, and then it was sold out if I believe. So I've been at Buddies for eight years now. Mm-hmm. First year of Bread and Circus, then eight years of Buddies. And for the last... For, no, five years, it's been sold out. Mm-hmm. So I decided oh, for the 10th anniversary to launch a, a crowdfunding campaign to move the Christmas Cabaret to a much bigger theater. And also, it was a dual-purpose campaign. And also to uh, record the Christmas album that everyone has been asking for for the last few years. Yes. This is so exciting. <laughs> so I raised $18,000 on wow. Indiegogo, which was enough for me to... Uh, record a Christmas album and rent out the Jane Mallet Theater for three nights, which is a 500 seat theater. Fucking instead of a hundred seat theater. Where can our listeners buy tickets to this? On Ticketmaster, but they don't go on sale till Wednesday at noon. What? When does this come out? This comes out Tuesday, so it's perfect. So the day after this comes out. Mm the tickets will go on sale. We'll provide a link on That's our social November media. That's November 7th for people who are... Yes, a month away from your birthday. Yes! <laughs> um, yeah, we'll provide a link for listeners to get them through Ticketmaster. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a show you really don't want to miss. And get them before they're sold out. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there'll be plenty of tickets this time around, I imagine. But who knows? Yeah, who knows? <laughs> you gotta dream big, right? Um, That's amazing. What? Okay, so do you have anything... Because I know it's a cabaret. How far in advance do you need to like, uh, curate something like that? So the Christmas. Like do you have thing? Do you have it all planned out? With a lot of the other cabarets that I put together, it requires a lot more 
advanced planning in terms of the writing and conceiving of. Mm -hmm. But the Christmas Cabaret, I would say half of it stays the same year to year. Mm. Like, dick in a box. A Christmas classic. Gotta sing it every year. (laughs) Got it. You know? Yeah. The new people who've never been to the Christmas Cabaret, it catches them by surprise. The people who come every year, they're like... They're waiting for it. They're waiting for it. They want it. They're thirsty for it. It's fine. The... The Christmas Cabaret, though, also acts as a signpost for my year, my life. A year, right. a, another year has gone by, and my birthday is around the same time every mm-hmm. year. And so, just like on Christmas Day, how everything slows down, mm-hmm. and you really have the opportunity to reflect on the year that you've had. The Christmas Cabaret, for me, is an opportunity to do that as well. I love that. And it acts as kind of a year in review for me. The special guests that I have are generally people that I've worked with over the course of that year. Mm -hmm. And some of the songs that I sing and the stories that I tell have very much to do with what I've been through that year. Wow. Yeah. That's huh. so fascinating. Yeah, I love it. I'm oh, I so can't about wait. This. That's so exciting. Yeah. yeah. I'm actually experiencing a really interesting problem right now because for the last nine years of the cabaret, in the middle of the first half, I've sung this heart-wrenching ballad called New Year's Kiss about the fact that I have never had a New Year's Kiss. I, I, I go to the audience near the beginning of the show. I go into the audience and I ask various audience members, Uh, if they celebrate Christmas and what Mm -hmm. their favorite part of the Christmas season is. And then about halfway through the first act, I say, do you want to know what my favorite part of the Christmas season is? Do you want to know what my least favorite part of the Christmas season is? New Year's Eve. Because I'm always, you know, sitting at a keyboard or gigging or something and everyone around me, all the couples are coupling Mm -hmm. and I never seem to have anyone, even if I have someone and I've never had a New Year's kiss. And I sing this whole song called New Year's Kiss. But I recently fell in love, and I took took New Year's off last, this past New Year's, and stayed home and made lasagna with my boyfriend, and oh I my got God. and you got a my New first kiss. New Year's kiss. Oh, was it everything you wanted and more? I want it like I want to be like no, but like yes, it oh, was. My heart like hurts. That's the sweetest thing. Yeah, like I'm almost crying just talking about it. So. <laughs> So are you going to lie and pretend like you haven't still? No, that's the thing. I can't. Like, I'm, I, <laughs> I may hope you'll still, still sing the song. I may still sing New Year's Kiss. It's definitely on the album. Yeah, I think you And sh- I may still still sing an excerpt from it, but the way I frame the song has to be different because my reality is different. Right. So. you got to be honest. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's a really good dilemma to have. I'm so happy that you fell in love. <laughs> Thanks, sweet. Tom. How did, how, did, how did it happen? Yeah. Uh, he's actually a friend. We've been friends for eight years and more than friends for two years. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. That's so lovely. Oh, there is yeah. hope for love, I suppose. Yeah, Tom, get yeah. that heart unfrozen. Melt my ice. I, I mean, this is the... Per- this is the... <clears throat> this person is the only person that I've ever said I'm in love with you to <gasps> in my entire life. That's so um, special. So, yeah. And it and it caught me by surprise because up until we started spending the evening together, I thought of him as a straight boyfriend because he's, he's bi, but he's sort of more, not, what's, not more straight. That's not. Well, I, I know spectrum. what you mean. I'm, like... I'm about to get into some dodgy territory here. <laughs> let no, me, let like... me say this right. <laughs> okay. In the six years that we had been friends before we started spending the evening together, 
I had always known him to have a girlfriend. Right. Never a boyfriend. Always a girlfriend. And despite the fact that he was very open and honest about the fact that he was bi, Mm -hmm. I doubted it. And I shouldn't have, but I was sort of like, okay, (laughs) you're bi. I'm Halle Berry. (laughs) Like, and, and then he was, and we got together and yeah. So I have fallen in love for the first time at, well, I guess at 29, at 30 years old. And uh, that's been a very interesting experience for me. That's really exciting. Mm -hmm. Congratulations. Thank you. Tom is just like despondent with it's definitely thinking about thinking a lot about loneliness and things things like that. Yeah, yeah. Well, having been lonely most of my life, I pinned a lot of things on falling in love Mm, that I probably shouldn't have over the course of Mm -hmm. growing up and into my young adulthood. I just assumed that when I, if and when I finally did fall in love, that all of my life's problems would go away. Right, and I would, you know immediately quit smoking and lose a bunch of weight and not get stressed out at work anymore and yeah. all this it's like no all of those things still happen and you're in love yeah yeah, yeah. it, it yeah, has yeah, yeah. nothing to do with any of that Thanks, hollywood for the stuff. it's seriously like and it's, ideal and it's also nothing like i had imagined it to be mm. he he lives in montreal he didn't when we first got together but he lives in montreal now so it's a long distance thing and it's also not a monogamous thing because he's bi and i don't want him to associate my face with the reason that he can't be with ladies and yeah. mm-hmm. stuff like that. So it's just nothing like I imagined to me, imagined it to be, but it's better. Oh, that's so important. Yeah. That's such an important lesson. I'm so happy you can tell our listeners about that. Like people yeah. need to know. Yeah. I find myself in that same rut being like, Oh, if I, if I could only just get this thing, then all my problems will be fine. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah, for me, it's the same. Like, Oh, if I can just find someone to fall in love with me, problems will go away. Yeah. So silly. But how else are we supposed to think? Like, almost every single narrative we consume, especially in the past more, like, as we were growing up, centered around that. That was, like... Oh, true. The fucking goal. That was the goal. Marriage was, like, the thing. That was, like, the... And then it ends. The movie ends. The show ends. Like, that's just fucking it, you know? Yeah. I mean, I feel like this is a throwback to when Marika was on this episode in the first season. And, like, polyamory is so interesting and just, like, open relationships because they just, like throw that narrative back into its face and it's like not only was that a lie but monogamy and like finding true love and like setting all your hopes for that just actually doesn't work like do you know what I mean it just doesn't exist for anyone I feel is that too cynical I I don't know I don't think it's cynical I mean like I don't mean to I do know people that it does work for sorry yes I just feel like if we change the script about it more I wonder if people would be happier if that makes sense I don't know maybe the way we talk about it's the issue and not Mm -hmm. not the thing that the things that we do Mm -hmm. you know I hear you but yeah Ooh. all right well we went there we did go there that was a lot of things (laughs) that was a lot of things um we should quote okay may we quote oh my goodness okay uh before we quote yes um uh, can you just go through and plug your handles and where we can find you, right. where we can buy tickets? So on Instagram and Twitter, I am at Chris Sujiuchi, C-H-R-I-S-T-S-U-J-I-U-C-H-I. I wish I had a jingle. So <clears> you <throat> need to have a jingle. It sort of sounded like that. C-H-R-I-S-T-S-U-J-I-U-C-H-I. <laughs> and that's recorded. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and then on Facebook, I'm Chris Ujiuchi. Cool. Yeah. 
And where can we buy tickets for your... Um, Chris- on Ticketmaster. I don't know what the... Ticketmaster. Yeah, it's, on, it's, it's going through Ticketmaster and everything. God. This is legit. You're the 10th anniversary is legit. You're like Celine Dion or something. Oh, and there's a discount code if you buy tickets before November 25th, I think. Oh, can Ooh, we know what that is? Early Bird, all capital letters. And you get, I think it's $5 off or maybe 10 Ooh. Ooh. I, I don't know. Off of your ticket. All right. If our listeners are anything like us, they're going to love a discount. <laughs> Who doesn't love yeah. a bargain? We're yes, all cheap exactly. faggots here. Exactly. Listen. Look. Tom, do you want to do some quotes? Yes. Yes. Some nice little quotes. Ew. Oh, I don't want to. I don't want to go there. Um, oh, somebody just liked me on Hinge as I opened my phone. <laughs> Hinge is Tom's dating app, ATM. At the moment, not, not like it's an ATM. Well. I've never for even men. heard of Hinge. I mean, if you've heard of one, you've heard of them all. To be honest, it has its own gimmick, though. What's its thing? I yeah, mean, it's kind of like a Pinterest board. So like, they have like funny quotes okay. and questions they answer, and different pictures of them, so you can like get a better idea right rather than like just who they are a as a person or right. a torso right or like my dick pic i, mean, I was on grinder for a hot second and i was like i can't do it i'm fat femme and asian this is not the place for me <laughs> it's not not welcome <laughs> sorry territory. about it shit though shit grinder is the facebook of dating apps it's just it's just a mess i'm sorry like it's do you know what i mean I, at this point it better just be shut down anyway grinder, are you ready come on yes i Jesse? think so Okay, whenever you're ready. Oh, I'm starting? Yep. Okay. Mariah or Ariana? Mariah. Who's your celebrity crush? Anderson Cooper. Ah. Christmas or Halloween? Christmas. Vibrato or vibrator? Vibrato. <laughs> Pianissimo or fortissimo? Fortissimo. A la mode or silk bathrobe? Oh, uh, uh, <laughs> a la mode. Who's your talent idol? India Ari. Oh. Scruff or enough? Enough. <laughs> What's your biggest fear? Of being alone. Yeah. Uh, what's your source of inspiration? Just easy, easy breezy. Oh, questions. it changes every day. What is it what's right it now? Today, this present moment, being here with the two, the three of you. Jesse's here too. Don't count Jesse. <laughs> Jesse. Who is what? Jesse? <laughs> but he's right here. He's being so helpful. Don't it's tell so nice. anyone that. I want to do Karen's joke. There oh, hasn't been a Jesse like a, around Is this here. like a podcast bit too? Yeah. yeah. It's oh, okay. Bit. We're like we're purposefully rude to him, even though obviously we love him. Do we, Tom? Oops. Oops. I Your hair just caught on off fire day. a little bit. I'm so yeah. bad. What happens? We- You're in the moment and all of a sudden things happen. You admit to things that you wish you it's true. didn't say, but you I think- probably should tell Jesse that you love him more regularly. I no, think we need an I exorcist for Tom. There's a demon inside of him. <laughs> don't clap, clapping Jesse. now. This is a moment of on. retribution for you. <laughs> Tom, continue. <laughs> Hannah Montana or Miley Cyrus? Neither. <laughs> <laughs> What's your favorite swear word? Oh God! I don't know. I guess fuck. <laughs> I thought it's it was not oh, very God, original. Amazing! Thank you so much. Thank you. That was so good. <laughs> I would like to. I would just like to add a caveat. Absolutely. Old school Mariah over Ariana. Not new school. Not current Mariah. Okay, Mariah. got it. Like nineties Mariah. Like her first Christmas album. Right. Oh yes. Yeah. Got Not it. the second one. <laughs> when Santa's gonna come and make it ride this. Not that one. <laughs> Where she Thanks. sings a duet with the Justin Bieber. Uh-huh. The oh, original yeah. one. That was unfortunate. With the gospel choir. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, oh, yes. Oh, that was perfect. Thank you. Um, we need to do silver, oh, silver linings. linings. We need to like silver linings. Brighten up the end of this podcast. Shit, I never think of a silver lining. I have one. I can go. Great. Actually, I have two. But my first one, um, <laughs> I asked my partner to cut my hair, and he started buzzing the sides, and then just said, "Oh fuck!" And I was like, "Oh, it can't be that bad." Um, and then I look. I now look like a skinhead. Like I look like a white supremacist. Um, and like it's very like upsetting for the political climate. I have. Literally no hair. I used to, I like, a cat came off my head. I had so much hair. Oh my goodness. Um, but it's my silver lining because it was one of those cute moments where like things just don't work out. And like, we both just laughed so hard. Like I was like crying. I couldn't breathe. Um, and I don't know. I was just like, instead of being upset, it was just so nice and lovely. And it's, it's important to be a chuckle factory sometimes. I love that. I'm going to a t-shirt of that. That's amazing. And also that's very sort of in the moment, like, <laughs> like what's that? What's that Eckhart Tolle quote? Oh my god! Um, the the life will only give you that which is most helpful for the expansion of your consciousness. Oh wow! How that do was... you how do you know how do you know that this is the experience you're supposed to be having at this moment because this is the experience you're having? Yeah, something, something like that. I love yeah, that's that. Nice. That's nice. Yeah. That's really nice. It's just like I never think like that. If you think of this moment as something that, that if you think of this moment as inevitable like there's a certain mm-hmm. inevitability to this moment that the entire universe has conspired to create then you don't resist the oh i love that yeah so i shouldn't be mad at my partner Listen, for making me no. look like as usual though you're always too hard on yourself elliot you like i don't think that everyone's gonna think you're a skinhead <laughs> yes for those of you listening at home elliot did take off his he was he was donning a, a, a hat a thank you and he took off the hat to show us you can't see because it's a podcast yeah i, I did a psych um, egg for a podcast i'm sorry everybody um but <laughs> but he's taken off the hat and there is there it's not bald like it's not shaved it's yeah. just very short it's very but short. we yeah. we both think you look very handsome oh that's so sweet and he, yeah. jesse might also <laughs> Uh, Jesse refuses he to look at He's, me. Yeah, no. He shook his face in disgust. Um, um, Tom, I thought you'd react more. You just didn't. You just stared at me straight on. What? Because of the haircut? Yeah. I feel like I've seen you with this haircut before. It's never been this bad. Oh. My hair is so thick it broke the um, it broke the buzzer, and so I thought I'd have to just live looking like uh, I'm a cat lady who ripped out tufts of my own hair and screamed <laughs> like it was really upsetting. I mean, you're you're three steps away from that. Two, Tom. Yeah. <laughs> Two. Don't. Yeah. Um. Anyway, I have. Like my other silver lining, the more real one. There's a podcast I think everyone should listen to. Um, my aunt recommended it, and it's called Terrible Thanks for Asking. Um, and it kind of goes with what you're saying, Chris, uh, more or less. It's it's by a woman named uh, Nora McInerney. I think I'm saying that right, McInerney. She's at Nora Borealis online. But it's a podcast about um, trauma and grief, and she experienced a series of traumatic events, and then... People kept asking her, how are you? And she kept saying, I'm fine. But she really wasn't fine. And one day she's like, it's okay. And she was like, I'm terrible. Thanks for asking. And it's about um, living and exploring grief and exploring those difficult moments in life. And I think it'll be really helpful to everyone. It's amazing. I definitely want to listen to that. Trigger warning, though. It's so fucking sad. (laughs) I think our colors reflected a certain degree of honesty there. Yeah, Yeah, that's so true. Like, I'm definitely not as on as I normally would be in a situation like this. We neither at all. But that's okay. That's how it is. That's how it goes. Thanks for keeping us honest with that too. I love that we keep grounding. Yeah. Um, Yeah. 
Yeah, so those are mine. That's kind nice. Of, you yeah. had two, so can I just like say that one of those was mine? No, okay, no, my sorry. silver lining was this past Saturday, uh, my hockey league had a jock auction. Mm, jock auction? A jock auction. And so we were all wearing jocks parading around the village trying to raffle tickets to raise money. And uh, I do it every year, and it's always a mess. And this year was no different. It was a huge mess, except for this time. We decided to like literally parade around to a bunch of different bars, Ooh. one of which gave me a microphone. No, who did that? <laughs> who did that? Drink. No. But anyway, it was really fun. So what I said, I'm the team rep, obviously, because I need to take on everything. Mm-hmm. And I was like, someone's got to do the jog auction. I'm not doing it this year. I've done it the last four years and nobody wanted to do it. And I said, fine, then we're all doing it. And so there were six of us that were in jocks on my team I going around, it. which was very, it was very like team bonding moment jock solidarity yeah weren't you freezing oh yeah 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 but like i was warm with attention (laughs) (laughs) just give him a mirror attention or attention the tension (laughs) (laughs) tom does love tension i do love attention and tension that's what was keeping me warm I was warm with the sexual tension. <laughs> Barrage didn't let me in because they're like, no, no nudity allowed. I'm like, how dare you? Um, That's not nudity. Well, I went onto the street and like per- like we like put all of our butts in the window. Oh. Instead. Oh, your bums were showing. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Right. I still think that's not nudity for the village, but um, that's just, that's just my opinion. Who knows? Who knows? Um, Chris, do you have a silver <laughs> lining? Silver lining. So how do you... W- Define. What are so the parameters? Something nice that's happened in recent memory mm-hmm. that sort of like just made you uh, uh, have some gratitude for life. Mm-hmm. A moment that made you stop, maybe, or something you come back yeah. to. Okay. Uh, I was in nine to five rehearsals teaching a song called I Just Might. And. I don't know if you know this, the movie Nine to Five mm-hmm. with Dolly Parton. And all this Who stuff. else? The musical. Jane Fonda. Jane Fonda. This movie is pretty fucking awesome. I yeah. actually was just t- telling you about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So the the musical is based on the movie and, and the story sort of celebrates three really strong women in the workplace kind of sticking it to mm-hmm. the boss, mm-hmm. the chauvinistic I've only ever boss. seen the video for the song Nine to Five, but right. I feel like it encapsulates right. the theme. So... Uh, the song I Just Might sets up all three women's kind of super objective mm. for for the piece. The the things that they want and the obse- obstacles that stand in their way. Oh my god, I love the and, actor talk. That's so cool. And the ensemble also comes in about halfway through and starts like singing back up and all these like beautiful harmonies and 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 the song is I just might I just might make it after all I just might achieve these things that I'm dreaming of and so I taught the song and the the kids they they're not kids young adults these students were singing the song accurately but not emotionally right and so I I, I stopped we, we ran the song and it was you know all the pitches and rhythms and everything were good and so we we ran it and I stopped and I had a moment with these students of I want you to close your eyes and I want you to think of a time in your life when 
you have dre- dreamt of something that was supposed to be not for you or supposed to be above your station for whatever reason. And I want you, while you're singing the song, to think about that dream that you had or whatever it was that you were dreaming of. And while you're singing it, dream of that thing as hard as you possibly can. Some good no matter how unrealistic like and no matter how many people have told you like you can't have that thing or that's not for you or you don't deserve it or whatever it is I want you to sing the song that way and then they sang I'm crying, just thinking about it yeah. and then they sang it again and it was not only like musically accurate but like just like the most beautiful singing that I had oh. heard and it was just great that's such a beautiful moment and I felt very good about that. Oh, that's such a nice silver lining. Sounds like you're a yeah. really good teacher. I- I'll take it. I I'm mean, I'm trying to butter you up. Yeah, like, where's your documentary film series? Like, a very hysterical documentary coming out in 20, 2019. <laughs> Producers, listen I up. I fucking buy that. <laughs> Sponsored by the Dickwick Podcast. <laughs> yeah, fucking right. On that note, sure. please donate to our Patreon. Yeah. Um, check us out on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Email us, do you queer what I queer at gmail.com. Um, and we have a live show coming up on November 19th. I'm so excited about it. Please show we up. We have a lot of cool, confirmed people. Yep, we were old guests are returning. Um, and it's going to be an amazing night celebrating, in quotes, Pamela's pregnancy with a gender reveal, in quotes. Right. So, need I say more? No, absolutely uh, not. On that note, Chris, can you just take a look at the glorious Pamela? And I'm wondering if you could just tell me what you see when you look at her. So Pamela is sporting a pair of, I would say, John Lennon-esque sunglasses. Mm -hmm. She's donning a Christmas bow atop her head and is ensconced (laughs) in Christmas lights. As well as a wonderful, understated Christmas wreath <laughs> with a couple of, you know, sensible garlands and apples. <laughs> like like, like you do. Um, yeah. Amazing. Do you get a certain emotion when you look upon her? <laughs> do I get a certain emotion? Yeah. Pure unbridled joy. <laughs> Pamela's really stepped her pussy game up this week. Gee, it's not happy that you said that. <laughs> Thank you so much for that, Chris. That was amazing. Um, Thank you. Uh, yes. We should just point out that like you're wearing a Christmas cat shirt mm-hmm. that in some ways like looks like maybe Pamela's yes. uncle or something. Yeah, the, like, cat, the cat on my shirt is sporting a Santa hat and it's got a little bit of a glitter collar going oh, on. The yeah. glitter collar. Um, it does have the so same despondent so look weird that, of Pamela. Like I'm just surrounded by Christmas yeah. cats, which I like because and I like Christmas Jessica. and cats. Well, I remember <laughs> listening to the year anniversary of Dickwick. Mm-hmm. You had Dan on. Yeah. Mm. And he was like talking about crazy rich Asians and it was all themey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He got all themey, right? Yeah. And I was like, I can be themey. Oh, I love it. Thank right? you for being themey. I, I love nothing. I'm, I'm a half theme Asian, more. just like Dan. <laughs> I'll dress up just like Dan. I won't drink soju, though. I can't. Well, our Asian Asian guests are really carrying this podcast. So. <laughs> yeah, we should stop. We're done now. <laughs> Tom always hates it when I do false stop. So That's okay. It's... This one's not a false stop. It's the end of our podcast. It it's is. perfect. Thank you for listening. Check our page. Uh, we're going to send you the link to the Ticketmaster. Yeah. To these tickets. You need these tickets. You need to go see the show. 
Um, Chris, thank you again so much. Thank, thank you for you having me. It's been amazing. So um, thanks for listening. See you next Tuesday and see you on November 19th. We'll see you there. Bye. 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 No, one, two, ready, go. Yes.